Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Later, computer. Why is it always when I'm doing post game? Why? I gotta talk to the people. I gotta talk to the people, laptop. I don't have time for your updates. When I gotta talk to the people after a huge win. Jake Crawford is here. Are you the first one, Jake? Welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, just give it a couple of seconds. Let a couple more people show up before we get started. Nice win, huh? Nice win. Rivalry night. Actually, a rivalry. Love what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Check out the old box score here. All right. Looks like we have a decent number of people here, so let's get started, huh? Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio's Facebook Live post-game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. And it's always more fun when the Flyers win, isn't it? It's just uh, just a good way to end your night. You know, we get to hang out and talk about the positives. I took a couple of positives away from tonight. I really, uh, really loved what I saw out of some youngsters. Um, power play one for one, so that was good. Looks like they're getting that going. Uh, they came through on that uh, really nice – came through on that nice tic-tac-toe play, that Drew Voracek-Simmons play. Um, when when it works, it's beautiful, man. Uh, and that's when Simmons is at his best right there. He's missed on a couple of those. Some goalies have made some saves, so it was good to see. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, first takeaway from tonight's game, I thought, Robert Haig, uh, not only does he score the goal, had a big block at the end, I just thought he played a tremendous game. Saw a lot of people on Twitter agreed uh, that this was maybe Haig's best game uh, of the year of his career. Uh, let's check out his numbers for the night. Robert Haig had the goal. Uh, had three shots, four hits, and two blocks, no giveaways, which is big, in a 1908. So he played nearly 20 minutes tonight, uh, almost two full minutes on the PK. I, I just really like what I'm seeing out of Hague. He's a very mature kid. Uh, it was funny to hear, you know, the story came out, I believe it was in the Daily News. They might have even referenced it on the broadcast, how he said he keeps working on his shot because he thinks it's, uh, it's just not up to par with some of the uh, some of the better players around the league. And uh, he believes it to be the one real weakness in his game. Um, like to see him getting more assertive. We had the... Uh, yeah, we had the reports of him basically since they drafted him that he's a. Uh, it's it's funny because you get the different nationality players get tagged with different things. Um, we talked about it on BSH Radio last night how Voracek and Giroux are very similar players, um, but you'll never really hear like a hockey person 
call Giroux soft. Yeah, you'll get the, again, the shoot people who go, strip the seas, not tough enough. When that's crazy, he is. Uh, look at the way he plays. He really is a pretty tough guy. He plays hurt. Um, but Voracek, very similar player. And you just hear there's there's uh, there's not a consensus that he's an elite player. It's very much, um, you know, he's kind of a perimeter player. Uh, you know, it, it's, it just doesn't go to the gritty areas, doesn't get greasy. And it's just, yeah, I mean, you know, Drew's Canadian and Voracek's a Czech. So uh, it's just the way it goes. And I feel like um, we got some of the, maybe not laziness, but hinting at laziness. Uh, reports about Haig when it's really just he's a subtle guy and he's not he's not over aggressive and so you get the you, you get the stuff like oh we don't know we don't know how assertive he is but I mean he's got like uh, how many hits did he have tonight I know I just said it but I forget already he's got he had four hits tonight uh, you know only Gudis had more I believe with five yeah Weiss four hits Weiss had a Oh, we scored, so that was something. Um, but you get uh, you know a guy who does all those little things like like Hagen. It's not that he's not assertive; it's just that he's kind of subtle. Uh, and I just really liked what I, I saw out of him tonight because while I, I believe that it's more, it's not a lack of aggression; it's just more of a, uh, it's just more of a, a polished. Um, not conservative, but I guess kind of conservative game. Uh, you see him jumping up in the play. You see him have the three shots, and that's great. That's what we want to see out of him. We want to see Haig improving, and uh, it's 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 really nice to see. Uh, uh, in a similar vein, Nolan Patrick. I thought Nolan Patrick had been showing some signs of lice. Lice had been showing. I believe Nolan Patrick had been showing some more signs of life recently. Uh, he's had his ups and downs in, uh, throughout the season. Uh, not every game has been great for him. Uh, some nights he's, he totally disappears. Some nights he's terrible. Um, tonight I just loved his battle, loved seeing him along the boards. There was a lot of plays uh, that I just – it reminded me of his physical dominance that we saw in uh in junior when you were like oh man he he really is like a grown-up out there against these kids he's he's you know physical along the boards he's controlling the puck he's winning these battles and that's more of what i saw to him tonight uh, how'd he do in the old face-off circle tonight nolan patrick 75% in the face-off circle. He was at around 47, 48 for the year last I checked, which, I mean, you, you want it over 50, obviously, but for a 19-year-old, uh, that's right in line with um, – that's right in line for his age. It's uh, Face-offs are so much a, a, a veteran, savvy, experience kind of thing that, um, you know, you get better at it. Sean Couturier was a sub, you know, 50% guy. And then last year, all of a sudden, he's 54. This year, he's real high again, uh, 54, 55, something like that. So it's just something that comes with experience. But Nolan Patrick, um, like how the coach is using him, I think you get a real benefit of being able to get that last change at home and, uh, you know, get Patrick in the situations where he's most likely to succeed. That's coaching. Um, 
there was a discussion this week about, you know, what's what's sheltered and what's just using guys in the best possible situations. And uh, I, I think he's doing – I think Hackstall has been doing a better job of that lately with guys uh, like Gostas Bear, with guys like Konechny, and with guys like Nolan Patrick. Uh, maybe, you know – you break up the top line, but you still have Couturier and Giroud together, and you still want them out against number one centers. Other teams are trying to get their number one center away from Couturier and Giroud. Um, so you still want that matchup, which means everyone else falls in line better. Now all of a sudden you have Voracek out there, and maybe it's a checking line, but it's Voracek is better than a second or a third line player, regardless of how good of a checker they are, and then everything else just kind of falls in line. So I, I think Hackstall's been doing a better job of that uh, lately, taking some of the responsibility of younger guys' plates, leaning on his veterans to do the heavy lifting, and then getting putting his younger players in positions where they can learn and grow, but learning and growing by having success. And that, I'm really happy to see that. Um, something that wasn't great, especially for the first 40 minutes, they seemed to really tighten up. Well, they just didn't play nearly as much in their own zone um, in the third period. Uh, Detroit was on a back-to-back. Flyers really, I thought, wore them down well. And um, – just kind of dominated most of the Flyers were a dumpster fire in their own end. My God, a disaster. One breakdown after the next. Um, they've been getting good goaltending most of this year, but by no means is, is, is Brian Elliott a John Quick or a Corey Crawford or, you know, a Henrik Lundqvist, a Carey Price? He's not that good. You can't play like absolute shit in front of him and expect to win. And they're just all over the place tonight. If I could ask Dave Haxtall one question, it wouldn't be about system. It wouldn't be about the way uh, – he, he plays guys. It wouldn't be about development of the youngsters and the healthy scratches. and It wouldn't be about anything we criticize him for. I want to know from the coach, is diving down to the ice like something they tell the players to do? I have never seen a team. Andrew McDonald does it more than anyone. He's just sliding all over the place. I, I, I can't explain what he's doing out there. Um but uh, Delzato did it a lot, too. He's gone now. Gudis does it some. Um, Haig had like a uh, – that light, that late block, he almost had that Lassie Kukinen kind of uh, kind of positioning. But he didn't go down. He stays on his – he stays on his skates so he can make a play if they, you know, move the puck by him or do something other than shoot it right at him, which is – you're in that position to block the shot. If they don't take the shot, you have to be able to recover. Uh, I would love to know if Dave Hackstall and the coaching staff instructed defensemen to just fall down onto the ice, um, especially with the goaltender they have right now. Uh, it has been proven now. This was what? Uh, this was Elliot's 26th start, I believe. Um if Elliot can be beaten, it's up high. It's over. It's between. It's from his armpit to his shoulder. You know, armpit to ear basically is where you beat Brian Elliot. Um. So taking away if a defenseman's idea is I'm going to take away the bottom of the ice. 
I don't get that because that's Brian Elliott's area. That's what he's doing. He's down, and he's nullifying the low stuff. I have no idea why this defense, and Andrew McDonald specifically, just glides around, like just slides on the ice, like it's goddamn the end of practice, and you're you're doing the you're doing the let's see who can slide further like competition. I I, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And Andrew McDonald, I've been saying um, this year and re- since he's come back from injury, honestly, Andrew McDonald, with how bad Dale Weiss is and some of the other things that go on, Andrew McDonald's been the least of my worries this year. You know, I wish they played him less. I wish Ivan Provorov didn't have to play all those minutes with him. But he doesn't seem to mind. They just seem to have good chemistry. And when Prover and when McDonald and Gudis, when both veterans have been in the lineup, this team has been obviously better. Um, that's so uh, whatever it is, whatever those intangibles are that everyone loves uh, about, about Andrew McDonald, that the broadcast made sure, especially in the pregame broadcast made sure to let us know we're wrong to criticize Andrew McDonald as much as we do. Um, whatever. But McDonald, uh, this year, last, this month really has, hasn't been bothering me nearly as much. Um, but tonight, uh, first 40 minutes, dear God, he was the Andrew McDonald that we all want to boo every time he steps on the ice. Um, and like, I'm almost exhausted criticizing Andrew McDonald, the amount we have the last couple of years. Like, I'm a Philadelphia Flyers podcaster. All we've done is rip Andrew McDonald basically since he signed the extension. I'm tired of it. I don't want to criticize him anymore. And when he's passable, when he's just mediocre, I'm like, oh, yeah, fine. He's good. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. But then you have games like tonight, and it's specifically tonight because the national broadcasters are telling us, you know, you're wrong about Andrew McDonald. He might not put up the offense like Gostas Bear, but actually, like, no, man, like, he's sometimes average. Sometimes he's average, uh, which is fine. You know, you need average players. Not everyone's a star. It's fine. Just don't tell me he's he's great uh, when he's capable of nights like tonight where he is single-handedly hurting them. He did make a nice play in the offensive zone, though, set up a scoring chance, which was mind-boggling, actually. But overall, he hasn't been he hasn't been the worst player I've ever seen this year. Uh, but tonight, he was terrible the first two periods. Uh, defensive zone coverage overall was really, really bad. Flyers have this issue, and I see it. It's like this, this like in-house peewee mentality of the pucks below the goal line in the defensive zone, and three guys need to drop down there. Like, they can't score from back there. They're behind the net to get you to chase them and to get you to turn your back to the guys who are trying to get open in front of the net. Don't leave them. And that's my whole, if you heard Broad Street Hockey Radio this week, I, I went on a whole rant about creating offense from behind the net and how you know, when you're on the perimeter, as the Flyers sometimes are, uh, creating everything from the half boards and the point, even if you execute, um, 
you're making the defense's job easier. Even if you execute, the defense is in position. They're facing you. They're between they're between the puck and the net, and they're where they want to be. When you're behind the net, it throws everything off. Um, and the Flyers fell right into that, especially in the first period, chasing behind the net, just three guys back there. But, hey, great win tonight. I uh, really enjoyed the game. I thought it was an enjoyable game. You know, you, you get seven goals. You get a uh, – you get some pretty uh, lax officiating, and I'm totally fine with it. If they're going to let shit go, let shit go. Both ways, awesome. Never call a penalty. I don't care. Um, I, I, I was totally cool with all that. But uh, I love at the end how they called that diving on Happy to See You. Um, just because they looked at the replay and were like, oh, yeah, we screwed that call up. Uh, yeah, we're getting him for embellishment, too. I was like, oh, all right, four on four, whatever. Uh, it was a fun game to watch overall. One, my biggest bone to pick um, was with a former – I know they're a real – I didn't realize – I just put this out there tonight that I, I turned on Doc Emmerich. I, I loved him forever. I think he and I think he's a very good play-by-play guy I think he's really just good I think he makes the games more interesting I enjoy a guy with a big vocabulary Uh, I like his voice I just have always enjoyed Doc Emmerich but in the pregame and it was during the hey you shouldn't hate Andrew McDonald as much as you do segment um he brings up you know Philadelphia is a tough place to play and uh you know they threw snowballs at Santa Claus and you know what? You're a cliche spewing hack, just like the rest of them. I thought you were better than that, Doc. First of all, are there, it's it's 11.07. Okay, that – there shouldn't be any kids watching, but uh, the guy we threw snowballs at in 1968, mind you, December of 1968, Richard Nixon had not yet been sworn in for his first term – I had not been born. I, it was 20 years before I was born. You're bringing this up. Like, we do terrible stuff all the time. We're supposed to be the most drunk, violent fans in the world who are, all belong in jail, the, the jail below the vet, and somehow you keep bringing up shit from 1968. I digress. The guy we threw snowballs at wasn't Santa. It wasn't Santa Claus. It wasn't a man who travels around the world in a sleigh pulled by magical flying reindeer delivering presents to children. It was a guy wearing red. That's it. He's just a guy wearing red that some people threw snowballs at. Every time you see highlights of a game where people... When there's snow, anytime there's snow at a football game, what do you see? People throwing snow because it's fun. Snowball fights are fun. Somehow, because people who live in and around the city of Philadelphia directed the snowballs at a human man who happened to be wearing red were goddamn criminals. Uh, And friggin' Doc brought it up tonight, and now I'm done with Doc. I have to hate one of the announcers I loved. Uh, there's like no one I like left in the business anymore. Um, no one. <laughs> All right, so that's my rant. That's my rant. Uh, let's uh, let's get to some of your questions and comments and uh, see where we go from here. 
Uh, Dave Bond, let's start with you right now. Winning games we should win, which is good. Got a tough stretch coming up, six or seven games in the next ten against good teams. Hopefully we can keep it up. Unlike the dud the other night against the Kings, it's going to be it's going to be an up-and-down season, and right now it's up. Yeah, uh, that's who this team is, and I'm – I'm living with that now. This is a 500 team. Uh, you look at some of their shot quality charts and just like their chances and things like that. It's like, you know, five M's in a row. And it's just a team that's so up and down that it all comes out to average. This is a 500 team. I'm going to enjoy the wins. I'm going to see what kind of positives I can take from the loss. Excuse me. See what kind of positives I can take from the losses. Um, I didn't think they played a dud against the Kings. They didn't play well. They definitely didn't play well enough to win. Um, Kings are just better. Like, that's that's what I saw that night. Um, like I said, you can't play bad in front of Elliott. Like, he's good enough to win you games, but not really by himself. Uh, he's a good above-average goalie, which is what you brought him in to be. Um, when you have a couple of defensive breakdowns, especially against the Kings, um, you know, when you're going to get denied a couple of scoring chances that maybe you would put in against other teams. Uh, it, it just didn't just didn't go the Flyers' way. But uh, <clears throat> I lost my train of thought there. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to enjoy the wins. This is, this is an up-and-down team. Uh, they're not going to beat really good teams on a consistent basis, but they got some wins over Toronto, got some wins over St. Louis, got a win over Chicago. So, you know, uh, just enjoy the season for what it is. It's going to be, you know, our, uh, our vets are coming, are, are all bouncing back, and the young kids are in the lineup. So that's all we can ask for. Uh, it's, out of my, it's out of my screen now, and I can't scroll up for whatever reason, but uh, someone asked, Someone asked if um, Gudis ever looks to pass and why does he shoot everything. The thing is, he's a really bad passer. Uh, <laughs> he can't pass, so he just blasts away. Uh, if it's more than like a 10-foot pass, he can't do it, so he just puts the puck on that. And uh, there are worse things, you know. I hope Lyon gets a start. I really don't. Lyon is not good. Uh, Coots betters his goal mark 33 games in. Yeah, it's incredible kind of season he's having. And that was a it was a comment I made again on Twitter tonight. He's had so many um, he's had so many goals where he puts in his own rebound, where he gets second and third chances. I think he had I think he he scored on his like third chance, you know, on that sequence uh, tonight. Um, it's a small little adjustment. I'd love to see Travis Konechny make to his game. Uh, Konechny often goes to the net and then glides behind the post. Stop. Stop in front of the net. Get your nose in there and keep banging away. Uh, it's just one small adjustment I would like to see Travis Konechny make, and I bet he could, uh, he could make some more impact plays there. Lion was abysmal. 900 saves. Um, Pull T up. The thing about Tokarski is his numbers are identical to Alex Lyons in the AHL. They're both bad. Uh, so they're kind of just going to ride Elliott and hopefully Neuvert is back soon. Not that Elliott's some up or not that Neuvert is some upgrade, but sometimes he plays well. So I think that's just the hope. Maybe they, you know, trade for a goalie. That's 
honestly, if you didn't have to give up a ton, if it was just Neuvert and whatever, uh, I would love to see a, a different goalie brought in. Literally anybody. Um, because when Elliott doesn't play, they don't have a chance. And Elliott plays every night. He's played uh, – he started 26 or 33 or 34 games. What have they even – what have they even played at this point now? 34 games? Yeah. Um, that's for a 33-year-old. I know he's been a number one in his career, but I, I, I don't need him starting every single night. It really kills you. It really kills you that um, – Uh, that Stolarz got hurt because that was just one of those things. I was penciling Stolarz in for 15, 20 starts this year because of the inevitable Neuvert injury. And uh, it's here and you can't, you can't get a look at the guy who is most NHL ready, which is Stolarz at this point. It just hurts. Uh, good to see Hag score his first NHL, NHL goal. That was awesome. Yeah. Dave Isaac pointed out right before he had a couple of shots on net before the goal. He's got this weird wind-up where he kind of twists his blade a little. And uh, it's just – I played with a kid in high school who shot like that, and it was all I could see after um, after Isaac pointed it out. And then he scores. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll learn to live with it. Uh, so, yeah, Haig is a nice, solid player. Like, like, like what I'm seeing. Um, like what I'm seeing out of him. Notice who doesn't slide on his st- – oh, I'm way behind in the comments as per usual. Notice who doesn't slide on his stomach, Provorov, because he is in the proper position. Yeah, that's a great observation. He is the guy who is always on his skates because, one, he's a really strong skater. Uh, great stride. Love the way he skates. I really do. Um, but he know like, he's where he's supposed to be. That's the uh, – and that was another, like, thing Andrew McDonald did tonight, like – He's always the most conservative, just keep him in front of me kind of guy. And he steps up to intercept that pass at the end of the first period and just totally whiffs, and they get the tying goal at the end of the first. I was like, you always just back up, and this is the one time you step forward, and it just you're ah, killed you. Dale Weiss is a bigger jobber than SD Jones. Uh, we I spent, like, the entire show killing Dale Weiss um, last night, uh, during, uh, the BSH recording. And of course he scores tonight. Why wouldn't he? (laughs) Why wouldn't he? But I kill him every show. So it's not even like, uh, whenever I used to write like every, like twice a year, I would write articles for, uh, either when I was with Bleacher Report. And then when I I was with Sons of Penn, they'd just be like, yeah, Wayne Simmons hasn't scored in seven games. And this is his, uh, and I would like break down his goal scoring streets and then his goal-scoring droughts, and inevitably he would score that night. And I was like, oh, okay, so I just got to keep writing these whenever he's in a slump and he'll score. Uh, Dale Weiss isn't that. I, I criticize him nonstop, and tonight he actually just happened to get one. Face-off win by uh, Nolan Patrick to get that one. Haig with the flare robe. That's what I like to see. I love that flare robe. I love that that's their thing. It's not a stupid fire helmet. Uh, the worst is that Broadway hat that, that uh, the Rangers do. Do they still do that? That's the friggin' worst. Pierre was talking about Moran being another star for the Flyers' defense. He should talk to Hexy about that. 
Yeah, I commented on that during the game. It was like they were going through the ages of the defensemen. Like everyone, uh, the the four outside of uh, outside of Gudis and McDonald are all twenty four and younger. And then it was like, oh, and they have another one on the way, and Samuel Moran. Do they though? Do they though? Robert Haig doing his national TV interview in the Nature Boy robe. Oh, god damn it. I should be recording this. That's awesome. Uh, hopefully there's some hopefully it's up on uh CSN Philly or whatever the site is now after the game. I want to check that out. Haig just wooed on the post game. Oh god, this is the one time I wish I was watching and not doing this. I'm kidding. I always love doing this. I'll give you Woo! I gotta do one too. Jesus, thanks for making me feel old. You were born in 88. Yeah, September 88. Yeah, I'm 29 years old. Uh, they're not going to do it, but the next game against AHL Buffalo is the game to consider resting Elliott and start Lyon. I see where you're coming from, but they dug themselves in such a hole that you can't risk losing that game. I guess you could always put Elliott in if it goes poorly, but then what's the point of giving him the night off? If you give him the night off, you always yeah. – I think you just got to ride out Elliott. Let's see what they got. They're off They're off tomorrow, and then they have Buffalo and Columbus. Maybe you start lying against Columbus because it doesn't matter. I don't I don't know. After you have the back to backs, Buffalo and Columbus Friday, Saturday, but then you're off Christmas Eve, Christmas the twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Um Okay, yes. Saturday is not the twenty eighth. Thursday is the twenty eighth. I got my days all screwed up. But yeah, they're after next two, they have back to backs Friday, Saturday. They have a four day break and then I guess uh Neuver- should be able to come back. He's been skating and everything. So I think you just kind of got to ride Elliot. I wish they had a different option, but Alex Lyon is not good. Hart played an awesome game. Uh, I didn't see it, but I, I'm sure he did. He's really good. Bill loves seeing the possession game in the second half of the game. The way to limit a fast team is to have the puck more often. Absolutely. Um, I really – oh, that was one thing I wanted to bring up was uh, on Haig's goal. Was it Haig's? I believe it was on Haig's goal. Um, Detroit centerman got booted, and the guy they brought in was the opposite hand. So Drew moved out of the circle – put Couturier in and then moved everyone around and it started the sequence that allowed that goal. And I was really happy to see, uh, I was really just, that was one of those like ice general things. Like people don't look at that as leadership, but that's knowing the situation, knowing your opponent and uh, you know, having, having a strategy for every situation and executing. I was really happy to see uh, Giroux come through on that one. And it resulted in a goal. So you're able to like, you have tangible evidence there uh, on that play. Being that the Flyers are ahead of the Pens in the standings, is it cheerleader hour? Hey, man, uh, they are – let me see right now. They are 
37 points in 34 games. Islanders have 39 points in 34 games. Uh, Penguins have the 37 as well, but they have one more game played. So the Flyers are ahead of the Penguins, and they are only two points behind the Islanders for the final wild card spot. They are four points behind the Rangers for that first spot. Um, yeah, Jersey's still hanging around up there, huh? They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Coots for Selkie. Um, going to be hard for him to win it. And it's so weird that you have to score to win the defensive uh, to win the defensive forward award. But they want a two-way player, not just, you know, the best shutdown guy. Um, it'll be awesome if he's just a finalist to finally get some recognition. Uh, that'll just be nice to see. Uh, those are I, – I always feel like with um, – especially the Norris and the Selkie, it's um, – you don't always get it when you deserve it. You get it when you have built up the reputation. So Couturier in two years could have a worse year defensively and win it. Like that's what I expect. If this is who Couturier is now, Couturier is truly a number one center. Um, two years from now, he could have a worse year than he's having and win the Selkie. Like that's how I see the Norris as well. It's like Drew Doughty won it on a lifetime achievement award. Um uh, he's good enough to win it every year, uh, but maybe someone else has just had an awesome year, so they're just like, ah, you know what, this year we'll just give it to Dowdy. And I think that happens with the Selkie as well. It's like the Pro Bowl. It's it's like a, you know, it's a uh, reputation award. Will Coots be an all-star this season? It's tough because there are so many great players and the fan voting and everything, but it'd be nice to see him get the recognition. So the Flyers are tied with the Pens in the standings right now. That's a thing. They're actually ahead of them. They have one less game played. Bill, thoughts on a Raffle Patrick Voracek line? Um, wouldn't hate him getting some opportunities. But I want him to just get comfortable where he is right now. Um, what did uh, what did Patrick play tonight? Nolan Patrick, ten fifty six. So uh, he's just getting he's just starting to get comfortable in this role. Uh, I want to see him really earn his promotion. In you know, in the game when he if he gets a shift on that line, if he gets a couple of shifts with uh, with those wingers, or if you know they just come off a penalty kill, so they throw him out there with Giroux or something, um, I'm fine with that. I just want to this easing him in thing seems to be working. I think they put a little too much on his plate early, and it overwhelmed him, and then he got hurt, and it was just like he looked lost out there. He's just starting to really get it starting to get it going, starting starting to really show some signs of life, uh, the things that made him such a dominant player at other levels. So I would like to see um, – I don't know. Just Patrick's going to be fine. That's, that's the thing I keep maintaining with Nolan Patrick is I believe he is going to be fine. But um, right now he's figuring it out, and he's figured out a lot in the last two, three weeks. I will give him that. Absolutely. Travis Konechny would shoot more if he had other skill guys helping him get into better position to shoot. Um, yes. Yeah, he's got to do a little bit more on his own. Just little things he needs to clean up. He's another guy I just think um, he's been able to toe drag around everybody his whole life, and this is a different league. Um, he's a tough guy. Um, 
but he's not the best player in the ice for the first time, like in his life. And that's a tough adjustment for people. I was listening to um, some criticism of, of Connor McDavid earlier in this year, believe it or not, you know, McDavid was coming under fire for his defensive play. Um, and it's great. He's, you know, VP of the league last year, hundred points, superstar, one of the best players in the game already. But, and then you hear like a measured take about uh, Connor McDavid's defensive play and I, I forget, it might have been like Doug McLean or someone who's usually like, oh, fuck young players kind of guy. Uh, he was just like, listen, Connor McDavid isn't great on the defensive end because he's never played defense before. You know why he has to learn at this level to play away from the puck? Because he's always had the puck. Like, he's, <laughs> he is, he comes into the league at 18 and is dominant. You know, that's how good he is. So think how awesome he was at, like, 15, 16 when you're getting that instruction, when you're really starting to develop and, like, okay, hockey's my career. Like, he's at that point so much better than everybody um, that he never had to learn those things. And Travis Konechny, obviously, obviously no Connor McDavid. No one is. He might be the best player in the league. Like, I still personally think it's Crosby. Uh I always want to go with a defenseman, love Carlson, guys like that. Um, but I think it has to be ripped away from Crosby. Um, like, he's won three cups, two in a row. So, uh, but like McDavid, for all intents and purposes, let's just call him the best player in the league. Travis Konechny is not that, but I believe it's something similar. Like, it's just going to be a learning process for him because for the first time in his life, he has to play defense. He can't just, okay, there's a loose puck. It's mine. Boom. We're through the neutral zone. We're on offense. Let's go, guys. Um, and when you're playing lower in the lineup, it is hard. He doesn't have anyone of his skill set on his line. That does make it more difficult. He'll get there. Uh, if, if we've learned anything, if we have learned anything in our tenure as Flyers fans, don't just give up on these guys before their finished products. Don't look at Patrick Sharp or Justin Williams and go, yeah, I don't see it. You know, don't look at JVR and only think about his flaws. Look at a guy, okay, yes, he has these flaws in his game, you know, 25 years old, 23 years old. But he's also a potential 30 goal scorer and goals are good. So maybe if we just use him in different situations, you know, it's, that's how, that's where I'm at with all these young guys now is none of them are finished products and I'm seeing more good than bad. Uh, Nolan Patrick for a little bit, bit was looked lost out there, but he's figuring it out. Everyone else I'm seeing more good than bad and they're all going to get there eventually. I can see a Simmons from Marner trade. I'm going to stop you right there. No, you don't. No matter how good Coot's season is, the NHL won't consider him for Selkie. Um, I wouldn't say they wouldn't consider him. I could very easily see him being a top three finalist. Winning it is a different story, though. Wish the Flyers would penalize AMAC for diving on the ice. I, I just wish they could somehow erase this from their game. Um, I, was, I saw uh, uh, Radko Gudis dive to block a shot tonight, which is fine, but then he turned his back. Okay, if you've never worn hockey equipment, okay, everything on the front of you, and granted, he's wearing a visor, so his face isn't protected, 
Um, but other than that, your entire front is padded. Your entire back is not. So when you turn your back to the shot, you're asking for it to sting. You get hit in the shin pads, you know what happens? Nothing. Because they're pads. It's what they're meant to do. Uh, I, I didn't get that. It's just this thing that they do. They just dive so much. Who sits on the defense cooler when Manning comes back? Right now, it's Manning. Um, the defense is playing. I, they're having a couple of breakdowns every game. But for the most part, the defense is playing well. And now at this point, you can't sit Sanheim. Haig, they love. They're not going to sit him. Gostas Bear has been good Gostas Bear for most of this year. You know they're not sitting McDonald. And Andrew Provorov is their golden boy. Or Andrew Provorov. Jesus. Uh, erase that. Pretend it didn't happen. Ivan Provorov is their golden boy. So, uh, you know, it ain't him. Uh, let's look at the time on ice tonight. Gudis, 1903. Sanheim, 1732. Haig, 1908. Provorov, 2336. So another light night for him, under 25 minutes. Uh, McDonald, 2315. Ghost, 1641. So that's interesting. 16 minutes for ghosts. But like I said, they're starting to use guys. They're starting to use players, every player, more situationally, which it can't be a bad thing. I would love to see Ghost play more because I think he's a just his skill set's a competitive advantage. But you know, with this coach, I'll take what I can get. If I get any competent decisions that I somewhat agree with out of this coach, I go, okay, nice night. Nice night, Dave. Nice night. A Mac needs a tutorial. Again, on how to clear the zone. AMAC needs a lot of instruction, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. Columbus is going to be a challenge. We struggle against them every time. Columbus, for some, for whatever, and it's on the road, it's in Columbus. Like, that's just – I always feel like their arena is dreary, and they play a dreary game when they're there. I don't know. It's always a struggle just to watch. Columbus isn't uh, quite New Jersey. Ain't nothing like a Tuesday night in Newark. Oh, my God. Those are the worst games the NHL could possibly schedule. But um, I just feel like they don't play even fun games to watch uh, when they play Columbus, and they always lose. Uh, maybe Bob won't start because I really – I don't know if I can take a Bobrovsky shutout. I don't know if my heart can take it. Elliot has all summer to rest. Yeah, I get that, but that's not how it works. Like, that's, yeah. New candidate for worst flyer ever, Chris Gratton. Oh, my God. The thing, Chris Gratton is fine. They just expected him to be a number one center. And it was like, oh, we got two number one centers with him and Lindros. No, you didn't. He was all right. I actually, I have this problem with Chris Gratton because um, he was on the team when they put out the original black jerseys. And I, you know, he was the big free agent signing. They gave him the 10 mil up front, restricted free agent, the whole deal. Um, he wore number 55 with the Flyers. Because Paul Coffey wore number 77. Young Bill gets a, uh, a black 55 Gratton jersey for Christmas. The following season, no more Paul Coffey. Chris Gratton changes his number to 77. I am furious. Never got over it. Never got over it. Gratton stole money. It's not that he... 
Bob Clark gave him the money. That's the thing. Is they're like, oh yeah, here's ten. They basically gave him the equivalent, um, like the '90s equivalent of a Shea Weber deal. Like they're like, oh yeah, here's a ten mil up front that we know uh, Tampa can't afford. You know, it was basically the same deal. It's not Gratton's fault, but like Bob Clark was an idiot GM. Bill, any coincidence that long winning streaks last year and this year happened while Noivy was on IR? I, I don't know about mostly coincidence. Um, you, know, you, you got some really good goaltending during that uh, during that six gamer. Uh, Elliot hasn't been quite as good the last two, but they won the night, and uh, you know against the Kings he he wasn't good, but he's not going to be great every night. If he was, he'd be like a legitimate franchise goaltender, and you wouldn't have brought him in for two years, basically the exact same money that Neuvert got. Um, he's fine. Uh, Neuvert is a backup. I guess when – that's the thing about that is I want to say there's something to it, but I know that everyone on the team loves Neuver. At least they did last year. Like the last two years, I felt like there was some sort of um, – not division or rift with, with Mason in some of the locker room, but I just feel as if the team liked Neuvert better. Um, but for whatever reason, yeah, they've seemed to win some games when Neuvert isn't around. Two years from now, Kudis will get the Lady Bing. Mark it down. My favorite part of the game tonight might have been when uh, – I forget. I, I can't – it's escaping me now, but Kudis is going into the boards with someone, and uh, they get tangled up, and the guy goes down in front of him. And in real time, it looks like a hit from behind, but it really wasn't. It was just one of those bad luck things. And Gudis was already like, I just know. Gudis was like – get halfway undressed. He's like, I'm just kicking myself out and I'm going to serve a 12 game suspension. I don't even need the call from the league. And he looked over at the ref and the ref was just like, no, nah, you're good. And he looked around. Okay. That was the best part of the game. Like he was ready to serve the suspension before the whistle ever blew. And then the whistle didn't blow. He actually didn't get called for it. So he got the benefit of it out there. Bill, do you feel if we move Philpler or Weiss on a scoring line with Jake or G, would we see any form of production from either? Philpler, uh, they just like it center, and they really don't have any other options. I have this crazy theory that um, if you put Weiss with Giroux and Couturier, uh, they could drag him around enough to make the rest of the other three lines a lot better. However, tonight was the first night I really liked the um, – the play of all three, Giroux, Couturier, Simmons, it was the first time I liked them as a trio. Uh, there's some nights one of them plays well, two of them play well, whatever. Giroux and Couturier um, have been good pretty much all year. Um, that trio hasn't been as dangerous as I hoped it had been. Tonight was the first time I thought uh, they really asserted themselves as a full line. So I'm not in any hurry to really break that up just as they're getting going. But I say I, I brought this up on this a couple times now, and I've, I said it on BSH Radio last night. Um, time is it, by the way, 11. I got plenty of time. Um, I'm watching. I'm watching what Washington is doing with Tom Wilson playing him with Backstrom and Ovechkin. 
the best way to survive Dale Weiss may be to put him on the first line, but uh, I'm I'm half kidding and half dead serious. <laughs> I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's where I'm at with Dale Weiss. Sanheim is a good player, but he's starting to st scare me. Can we have Sam Moran instead? Sanheim's listen when he gets to where he's supposed to be. He's going to be an incredible advantage if he's, you know, Gostas Bear light. He's one of the best skaters on the team. He's got a good shot. He's just got to get comfortable taking it. Um, you know, a young guy isn't always going to be comfortable shooting. He seems to be getting there. Um, he's plays a little bit more of a physical game um, when he's really going than I think people uh, than people will expect out of him. I, I'm really high on Sanheim. I love – I want to just see Sam Moran. If – and that's the thing is if he sucks, I want to know that too. Like it's time to just find out about Sam Moran, but I'm done living in this fantasy world where what I – where I expect what I want to see to happen. Um, that's not the way it's going to be. It's – these are the guys we're going with. Yuri Letero was in the friggin' lineup tonight. And granted, that's mostly uh, – Lear apparently has an upper body injury. It wasn't – he didn't get hacked. Uh, but – um, you know, Oscar Lindblom isn't up yet. Mike Vecchioni isn't up. I, I, Sam Moran, just another guy I would love to see, but it ain't happening right now. Simmons is starting to come back around. What was hurting him must be getting better. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely possible that he's just getting healthier. Um, Hard to, like, it's such a weird thing that you're able to not come out of the lineup and heal the way he has. But, um, you know, guys play through stuff, and then you know, all of a sudden you start them, you start to see them gain some strength, gain some confidence, and they're back to who they were. Love Wayne Simmons. Glad to see him score tonight. Crosby is overrated. Crosby is not overrated, man. Crosby's as good as it gets. Um, it's hard to market what he does well. Um, like it's that's why I, Charlie and I might have been talking about this off the air with how ridiculous the NHL is. Like they don't market Connor McDavid at all, and he's got such a casual fan friendly game. Like, um, hey man, he gets uh, two breakaways every game. He blows by everyone. It's crazy. Like you want to see him he scores more than everyone. Like it's it's incredible. You really want to watch him. Like it's really hard to market that Crosby is a third line grinder with you know uh, Hall of Fame hands. Like. Oh, yeah, come watch Crosby win every puck battle. Like, if the puck is within a stick length, it's his, you know. Um, granted, when the Flyers play the Penguins, I will chant Crosby sucks as loud as anybody. I am not bound by the rules of the press box anymore. I get to just go to the games as Bill, drunk fan, and uh, I will chant Crosby sucks with anybody. But his game is really good. Like, he's, he's as good as it gets. Patrick and Weiss looked much better tonight. Uh, Wheel looked somewhat lost right now. Wheel is up and down. <sighs> Expected more from him this year, but I think it's kind of a um, – there's always going to be an odd man out because they're not a complete team. They just really don't have the depth they need. Uh, if they had three really good centers, and maybe they will once Patrick comes around, then Wheel is a great – you know. Oh wow, we have a scoring third line with you know Patrick and Wheel. Like you know that that would be great. Um, that's just not where they're at right now. But I think Wheel will, Wheel will. I think Wheel will. Um, 
get back to who he was last season and in the beginning of this season. That's Wheel wasn't scoring a ton in the beginning of this season, but I thought he was standing out a lot and making noticeable plays. Um, and I think he'll get back to that more as the season moves on and all the guys around him progress a little bit. Speaking of Carlson, how much of a dumpster fire is Ottawa? They can't even sell $6 tickets to their games. It's incredible. That's their owners talking, oh, yeah, we might move the team. Bro, if you can't run a hockey team in Canada with one of the top three players in the league on your roster, where do you think you're going to be able to be successful? Like, if you – I, you know. Patrick Sharp trade was worse than the Vaughn five for one Hayes trade or trading away Ryan Sandberg. Uh, I don't know about Sandberg because he's like a Hall of Famer, but uh, bad trade, bad trade. I'm not ready to bash on Patrick just yet. Needs more to develop before he's criticized. Um, I liked his game tonight. I've liked what I've seen out of him more recently. I can both – I can feel two things at once. I can feel that I'm not worried about his long-term potential and he's going to develop into a very good player and also wish that he was giving them more than the nothing that he's given them for most of the season. Uh, I thought he played a very good game tonight, won that face-off to set up the Weiss goal. Uh, I think he's just been showing more signs of life and all that recently. But I will say, overall, I expected more out of him at this point. But I don't think that's really – it hasn't hurt what I believe his potential is. That's how I'll put that. NHL Overtime is talking about the Islanders' Belmont Park Arena and John Tavares possibly leaving regardless. Do you think Tavares' Flyers is a legitimate possibility? If the Flyers make the playoffs, would that help them in free agency? I can't believe that... Uh, I can't believe that Tavares, or really any superstar, is all that um, eager to leave in free agency just because you get the extra year. You get the extra year. Uh, you get the eighth year if you stay with the team you're on. Uh, out, you leave, you can only get seven. Um, I think them getting the new arena in a place – you know, the Islanders are going back home, and that's good. Brooklyn is friggin' just not a hockey arena. Uh, and that's good. That's good for the sport that the Islanders could be relevant. I don't. Hey, if he hits the open market and the Flyers have the cap space, the Flyers are always players. The Flyers are always players. And maybe this whole we're building cap space, we're doing this, we're doing that with contracts. Maybe Ron Hextall's playing the long game. He knows something we don't. And guess what? We're gonna have we're gonna have Couturier, Tavares, Patrick down the middle next year. Sign me up for that. Um, I don't expect him to leave the Islanders, but it is strange that the contract is basically written, you know, like, okay, the max years is eight. So he's going to get eight years. Cause that's what, that's what they get. 
and he's going to get 10 mil, you know, maybe 11. That's the going rate. So why isn't the contract done? You know, like it's not, what are the hangups here? Uh, the team's not bad. They're in playoff contention right now. Um, they've got some young talent coming up behind him. So, hey, if he hits the open market, I want the Flyers in on it hard. Uh, definitely. Be awesome. Be absolutely friggin' awesome. I don't expect him to leave, though. But it is it is worth real. It is worth noting, at least, keeping an eye on, because the deal's not done yet. And it's not like one of those, okay, he's uh, eligible for an extension in July. Like, um, Wayne Simmons is eligible for an extension. He's got one more year left, but July 1st, he's eligible for the extension. I believe uh, Eric Carlson, same thing. He's eligible for the extension with another year left. Tavares will hit the open market this summer uh, if they don't get the deal done. It's weird that it's not done, but I don't expect them to leave still. But it's worth keeping an eye on. If he hits the open market, I want him bad. Trust me, I will bang the drum on that, um, you know. For as soon as it becomes a, a possibility, I will be banging the drum for, to go out and get Tavares and do whatever you have to do to make it realistic. Seems like you guys just scrolled down a bit. Seems like you guys are uh, talking about a potential Moran trade. Hexy didn't draft Moran. Um, maybe there. He's a guy you could always offer. You know, um, in a deal like, oh yeah, we have this you know, former number one pick hasn't made it up here yet, so he's got all the. Uh, doesn't have any service time, so he's controllable and all that stuff. Um, and, in, you know, he's, again, f former number one pick. You could probably throw him in a package um, to bring something in. I just don't – it just seems like Hextall is not ready to do that, uh, trading any of the young guys. But I wouldn't rule it out. Just one of those things it's worth keeping an eye on. Um, the reason he's not up yet is because they just don't have space for him. They like Andrew McDonald. That's that's it. Yeah. They want Andrew McDonald in the lineup. They think Radko Gudis is their only right-handed defenseman, and he's pretty good. Um, they like Haig. They like Provorov. They like Ghost, and they like Sanheim all better than Moran. So where does he play? He he plays in the AHL, just the way it is for him right now. Um, but he definitely could be a guy that uh, gets included in a trade. Uh, one of these young D-men will get traded. The most likely are Hag, Myers, Moran. Hexy might be higher on Haig and Myers. Um, Myers, I Myers, Hexy is definitely high on. Like that's one of his. Like that's his almost Jason Worth. Like I just found this guy, undrafted guy. Like they, like uh, you know, the the Phillies pulled Jason Worth off the scrap heap. You know converted catcher coming off that like devastating wrist injury I, i'll throw you in right oh look this is great you know you're gonna back up jeff geary and then turns out he's a stud um did i just say jeff geary i meant jeff jenkins jeff geary damn haven't thought about him 
he was in the Lidge trade, right? Relief pitcher, I think. Getting sidetracked. This is what happens when we go close to an hour. I just start, my mind just starts to wander. Um, Myers, you know, the undrafted guy, I think Calgary had him first. Like Calgary had uh, Myers in, I believe it was Calgary. They had him in their development camp uh, and let him walk. And then Myers, you know, Hextall finds him, brings him in, gets him signed. He, he lights it up, but he's been banged up. He just has been a guy that has not been able to stay healthy uh, basically since the Flyers gave him the deal. Um, so maybe maybe you move on from him while he still has some value. Moran, uh, yeah, I, I think they like Hag. I think they really like Hag um, because he plays not – I don't want to say an Andrew McDonald-like game, but the qualities they like about him are the things they tell us they like about Andrew McDonald, the steadiness, the maturity, the stay-at-home, good-in-his-own-end, you know, all that stuff. Um those are the things they like about Haig, and clearly they like McDonald because they have him playing with Ivan Provorov, who is, again, the golden boy. Um, and they tried Haig in that position earlier this season when McDonald was out. I don't think that was a coincidence. So Myers and Moran are probably the two most likely to be moved. Um, I just don't think Hextall's there yet. And they have so many, they have so many picks and they have so many other younger, less developed pieces that they have less time uh, invested in that I think they would rather, like, move those. Like, Simmons, a draft pick, and a lower-tier prospect. Or not even a lower-tier prospect, just a younger, less developed prospect for, you know, whatever they go out and try to buy. So I think that would maybe be more the direction they would go. But who knows? Hextall really hasn't shown his hand in terms of uh, what he's thinking with any of these guys other than um, he likes other guys more than Morant. That's really the only thing he's, he's shown us so far. All right, guys, I think that is all the – Bill, you are Santa. Are you giving Cole to Hexy or Hackstall at this point? If no, what are you bringing them? Um, what am I bringing Hextall? I am bringing Hextall a, uh, a compliance buyout so they can get rid of Yuri Laterra, move Dale Weiss into the press box, and bring up – uh, Vecchioni or Martel or Lindblom. That is what I am bringing Hextall, a compliance buyout so they can get out of this ridiculous Yuri Laterra contract that they had to take on to get two firsts for Braden Shen. Um, what am I bringing Hack? I am bringing Hackstall a highlight reel of Travis connecting and saying, hey, wouldn't he look good playing with Drew and Couturier, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all the time we got. We're over an hour tonight. I was having fun and didn't really wasn't really keeping track of the time. Uh, I will be on ninety four WIP on the overnight, the Big Daddy Graham show tonight at two a.m. until five thirty. So if you want to talk hockey, this is your one chance to call sports radio and talk hockey. If you're a late night person or an early morning person, or until 5.30, uh, give me a ring. I will be over there. And of course, Thursday, the 28th is when the hell is up? Oh no. 
Saturday the 23rd, is it, that's why I'm so confused. Yeah, Saturday the 23rd, it's the uh, Columbus game. Broad Street Hockey is doing, we are doing our Festivus party slash canned food drive. Come and watch the Columbus game. It's at Broad Street Bullies Pub in Xfinity from 6 until whenever. Um, canned food drive for Phil Abundance and just, you know, good holiday party. Get, get all the fans together. Me, I'm going to be there. Kelly's going to be there. Steph's going to be there. Some other people from BSH will be there. So it's going to be a good time, and it is for a good cause. Canned food drive for Phil Abundance. Come on out. Watch the game with us. Uh, this is it for me on post games until we'll probably do a group one uh, for that game, the 23rd, uh, which is Saturday, Friday. 22nd will probably either be uh, Steph or Kelly, I'm guessing. Uh, so for all of us at Broad Street Hockey, uh, thank you so much for joining us on these post games and happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that shit. Happy to you. Have a great week, everybody. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.